Hello, I'm Net88. Welcome to my podcast where I chat to geocachers to learn more about this amazing game. Since International Women's Day was this week, I wanted to record an episode with a woman I admire, Cab. Cab is the only woman I know who does solo overnight hikes, and I really enjoyed learning more about the safety and preparation that goes into these adventures. Thanks for sitting down with me today, Cab. No problems, Nat. So, Cab, when did you start geocaching, and roughly how many have you found? I started geocaching in about October 2009, so a little bit over 10 years ago now. found approximately 6,500, but a lot of those more recent ones aren't actually logged on the website. I've sort of dropped off on logging them. Not about the numbers? No, no. For me, it's about the experiences that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. You're one, if not the only woman I know who does solo hikes and geocaches. What is it about the long hikes that you love so much? Well, for me, before I started caching, I never used to do a lot of outdoor activities and especially not a lot of hiking. Finding geocaching introduced me to a lot of that. So through that, I discovered my love for getting out into nature and away from the hustle bustle of my daily life. It allows me to spend some time reflecting, enjoying different scenery, spending time with friends when I'm not hiking solo. When I am by myself, it gives me a real chance to rejuvenate away from my day-to-day life where I work in tech, so sitting in front of a computer. It's a very different feel. really brings me joy and allows me to see different parts of the world and not just your common tourist destinations when I do travel overseas sound like some really good benefits yeah so i assume that with hiking by yourself there's a whole lot of different safety issues that we need to consider especially being a woman and especially solo hiking can you run us through what some of those are yeah so the biggest thing safety wise um, for me is carrying a gps that's also a two-way communicator so i use the garmin inreach explorer plus it allows me to track my activities through their satellite network and allows people friends and family at home not just to also have the information of what trails I'm on but exactly roughly my location within the last like 30 minutes that gives a lot of peace of mind to those that are worrying about me when I'm solo hiking I can imagine um and it also gives me my maps and is capable of loading caches on there so it's a very sturdy device it's an all-in-one compass sort of thing um other key things is always carrying a first aid kit I always have one on me in there is you know your typical bandage sailing that sort of thing but I also add things like a thermal blanket in case I get lost or have to stay overnight and I don't have a shelter other important things in there is also a headlamp even if I'm only planning a small hike during daylight anything can happen so knowing that a good thing to do especially with solo hiking is not just to carry the first aid kit but know how to use it yeah. <laughs> be handy yeah be handy because often especially with hiking you tend to be in areas that don't have any form of phone coverage so you can't rely on youtube videos to help you how to strap yourself after cutting that sort of thing another key thing is spending some time getting to know the trails through research or if you've done them previously so that you know what to expect in case of an injury where is your fastest point back to a road or something where someone can pick you up also plan b's in terms of you know is the weather going to be raining and the trail you were planning to do is in a low-lying area that may cause creek flooding are you now going to have to be crossing water or changing your direction that you're hiking it's also important um, the equipment you carry 
or use. So making sure as a woman you have decent shoes. We carry weight a lot differently in terms of not just the packs we have on um, as well as just our body and the way we walk. It can have quite various impacts so having correctly fitted shoes for yourself is highly important. Also the use of hiking poles. I spent a long time hiking without poles and once I discovered the joys of walking with a pole especially when I started doing overnight hiking carrying 15 plus kilo packs it's amazing the amount of difference that that puts. You feel a lot less fatigue and a lot less sore and the most important thing I don't think just for women for this one but is just know your limits so when you're organizing a hike how do you go about preparing your food and water yeah so I take a couple of things into consideration I try and get the most calorie intense sort of food some of the times that are as light as possible to reduce the weight on my bag because for me carrying a little bit more water is more important but you can't really substitute weight when it comes to water I always try and carry at least three liters with me if I'm doing longer than a day hike I will carry at least two days worth of water and know that I can get extra water whether it be from a creek carrying sanitation or from tanks that sort of thing so knowing that sort of information is really handy when it comes to planning hikes and knowing how much energy you burn so you're able to replace that through your food intake cool do you have a favorite hike that you've done yeah i do there's a long list of hikes that i love but my probably number one hike is the Highline Trail in Glacier National Park in Montana. So what made the Highline Trail so special? For me, part of it was um, the elevation. So it's in an area that's around 7,000 feet. So for an Australian that's quite high elevation, that's as high as our highest mountain, Mount Kosciuszko. So it's in an area that very alpine not a lot of scenery and nature that we're used to seeing especially in southeast queensland where a lot of my hiking tends to be so viewing the nature there was fantastic the start of it specifically sometimes turns a lot of people off and it did throw a bit of fear into me but i pushed through so for the first maybe i'm going to use american terms here because that's what i know it as Mm -hmm. for the first i think about quarter mile or so you're more or less following a goat's track on the edge of a cliff that is about a 30 foot drop down to a busy road there is a rope to hold on to but (laughs) that's about it you can't have anyone passing and if you stumble you may have some issues that sounds terrifying yeah just just slightly i pushed through the whole time pushing along that part of the goat track going oh that's right i'm in grizzly bear territory as well how do i get out of this if the bear comes but you know i made it through and i continued along the rest of the trail which is about 12 miles from start to finish and i enjoyed the views of the glacial valley that is glacier national park um enjoyed the views of some of the pristine lakes and the trees also coming across some animals that we don't have here in Australia. So I came across a couple of birds that are native to Canada and that northern part of America. I also came across a deer head on along the trail. Oh, okay. We had a bit of a standoff of who was actually going to leave the trail to let the other past. As I did so, the deer decided to turn around and walk the same direction as I was anyway. So that was certainly an interesting experience for me. 
I also really enjoyed specifically for that one it is quite a popular trail and although like I said it's in bear country I didn't carry bear spray I took a risk there but I was fairly confident and tried to keep myself fairly close to groups that were carrying bear spray and was able to actually have a chat and talk and meet a few different people um, some of whom I'm actually still in contact with today. Oh, that's great. It sounds like a really great trip considering you didn't have bear spray and you didn't come across a bear. Have you had any trips that haven't turned out as well? Yeah, I actually have two trips that um, didn't go to plan that I'd actually like to talk about in that sense in highlighting the importance of having a plan B and some of those safety measures in place. So one of them was I'd planned to spend a month hiking on the Pacific Crest Trail, which is a long distance trail that runs from the Mexican border through the United States up to the Canadian border. Wow. Um, On that, I was entering a part in California and heading through the Sierra Nevada ranges. So on the day of that, I was fairly excited and I got to the trailhead, found a geocache at the trailhead, of course, and then started off on the track. And as I got further in, it was a slightly warm day, I believe. It was about 100 Fahrenheit at the time, which was right at about 8 a.m. So it was yeah. fairly hot and due to get hotter. And at about the three-mile mark, I sort of started to feel a little faint. And I sat down for a little bit, and then I'd started vomiting. And I couldn't get any food or water to stay down. By that point, I'd vomited up all my breakfast, and I'd been through almost two litres of my water that I'd been carrying. As we know earlier, I tend to try and carry about four litres, if not more. And so at that point, I used my Garmin InReach Explorer and actually messaged a few people, one of them being yourself, checking what people thought I should do. I had another 10 miles ahead of me planned for that day and another at least seven miles to a potential water source that may or may not actually have water for me. Um, after chatting with a few people, I realized that maybe my safety and just general health, because it was going to be at least a week before I'd actually reach any form of civilization if I kept going, was paramount. And so I turned around and headed back to the bus stop and waited for my lift. Another time where safety and having a plan B was highly important for me was a solo overnight hike that I was doing in Giraway National Park out near Stanthorpe, which is one of my favourite national parks. I've visited more times than I can count now. I feel like I know most of those trails um, like the back of my hand and could probably attempt some of them. Eyes closed, don't recommend mm, that. Yeah, that's not, that's not, <laughs> some of them aren't flat even though I may have convinced you at one point they may have been. They're definitely not flat, no. (laughs) But I left the campground and headed off and was about uh, five hours in and was getting to the point where I was about to stop for lunch. As I descended from the Mount Norman sort of area and making my way back towards the Mount Norman day use area, I slipped on the last little bit of granite there and I fell over and I whacked my head on the granite I ripped some clothing that I was wearing and I believe for a small moment I did lose consciousness. Oh wow. Yeah, so I, you know, shook myself off, went, okay, I fell over and thought about it for a moment and went, no, I've, I've hit myself, I have some scratches on my face, I, I've come down pretty hard at this point. And I went, you know what, my safety again is paramount. So I grabbed my trusty Garmin InReach Explorer and messaged some friends, geocaching friends, 
one of whom I knew would be able to drop whatever they were doing and drive the three hours from Brisbane and come and pick me up. And that's exactly what he did. And so that was another great time. So the importance of having some of those safety things and knowing what to do when things go wrong when you're out hiking or caching. Yeah, definitely. I'd imagine that some people would want to just keep pushing through in that and tell themselves that, you know, it's all fine. But yeah, I really commend you on knowing your limits, as you said earlier, is that knowing your limits and knowing that you should probably get checked out or have someone with you. Yeah, definitely. It's a thing, you know, that you hear stories multiple times of people getting lost or some even perishing while on trails. Um for potentially something like that, whether it be not carrying enough food, water, or not having some shelter for themselves if they do get lost. Yeah, definitely. So, Cab, I've loved listening to some of these stories about your hikes. Do you have any advice for geocachers who are just getting started, be it about hiking or geocaching as a whole? Yeah, so as a whole, I I recommend if you're just starting out, giving various types of caches a go, whether it be ones hiking or in the, you know, metro areas, that sort of thing. Trying everything, um, finding what you enjoy most, geocaching, and then continuing to do that. And head along to some events, make some friends. Geocaching friends are important, especially when you're out hiking. They're a bit of a safety net. They are a bit of a safety net. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me today for our International Women's Day special episode. Thank you for having me. 